4: let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Monday, July 2020. Good to have you here. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. We're so grateful to have you as our listener. Of course, we are saying each and every week, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. I'm really excited about today's hot topic. We have joining us Again, Gwen Muse-Evans, she is President and CEO of GEM Enterprises, and also joining us is Anthony Flynn, who is from Work-Faith Connection. So excited to have both of them. There's so much going on in the news. Occupying our television is the problem. We want to get from the problem of what we have going on in America to the solution. And Anthony is the president of WorkFaith Connection, president CEO. I'm really excited to get him on the podcast to talk about what he is doing and making a difference and what you can do. So you want to stay tuned to the Hot Topic segment later on the podcast. We're proud to be a part of the IndustrySyndicate.com. You can go see a whole bunch of Podcast. A lot of it's on the origination side, but it's got some great content. Encourage you to be checking out MortgageMedia.com. We're part of both of these organizations, and we're thrilled to be getting the word out by every means possible. We thank you so much for all of you for what you are doing to help tell others about our podcast. The Digital Human Day in the mortgage industry I spoke about on July 14th, it really took off and went so well. I want to give a shout out to Shashank. Shakar, who has also been a guest on our podcast, one of our more active downloaded one on an ongoing basis. He is the founder and president of Arcus Blending. He was a featured podcast on February 11th, 2019. Go back and listen to that. But he is the first mortgage company in the United States to sign up and utilize the first digital human. Get you excited? It should get you excited. Go back and check out the podcast we did with the folks at Unique Company that is working with the most advanced company in digital human and artificial intelligence and how it can help leverage your humans with digital humans. Very exciting. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Rob Van Raphorst and his segment. You're going to get that in just a minute. But I want to say to the MBA, thanks for all your leadership you're bringing during this time. The Mortgage Bakers Association has canceled all conferences, but there will be a virtual conference. They are canceled all in-person conferences, so the conferences are now going to be virtual. Check it out. CMB program that's there, as well as check out Mortgage Action Alliance. I'm really excited about what Mortgage Action Alliance is and how we can have our voice heard in D.C., Finastra is another one of our sponsors. has Fusion Mortgage Boss Solution automatically addressing compliance issues and bringing a whole lot of new innovation to the industry. Also, lenders, one and the Mortgage Collaborative, these two cooperatives, do a great job of bringing together lenders and vendors and creating meaningful relationships as well as the Community Mortgage Lenders of America. They do a great job of helping independent mortgage bankers have their voice heard. They work closely with the MBA. I love how they work in concert with each other as well as Indicom. They do a great job of outsourced solutions. If you're looking for a solution, check out Indicom, indecom com. Incelerate, this company helps lenders close more loans with an engaging your borrowers and prospects with bringing a perspective that is just not like you're going to find anywhere else out there, check incelerate.com go to our website, look at our lending, check out all our sponsors as well as Ainsworth Advisors. I'm thrilled to announce that Gwen Muse Evans is joining us, is our newest Board of Advisors. Good to have Gwen joining us, as well as Artificial Intelligence AI Assist. They do a great job using artificial intelligence, helping you connect with the borrowers. It's just so much going on in this space. You need to check out some of these sponsors. We're very selective in who we allow to be on our podcast as a sponsor. Check out Celebrity Home Loans, as well as Knowledge Group, as well as Mobility RE and Modex, Powerful Tools, as well as Vendorsurf at Velma and Vidyard. Check out all of the sponsors and our sponsorship page on the Lickin' and Lending podcast. Let's run over to Rob Van Rapphorst with this week's MBA Mortgage Minute. Rob?
3: Hi, I'm Rob Van Rapphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, MBA sent a letter to HUD asking them to withhold the publication of the final disparate impact rule and to bring the housing, lending, and civil rights communities together for renewed discussions about how to address the wide housing and wealth gaps based by communities of color. Also yesterday, MBA released its latest forbearance and call volume survey. The survey revealed that the total number of loans in, now in forbearance decreased by 38 basis points from 8.18% in the prior week to 7.8% as of July 12, 2020. According to MBA's estimates, 3.9 million homeowners are now in forbearance plans. The pace of new forbearance requests remains quite low compared to earlier in the crisis, but MBA is watching carefully for any increases due to either the pickup in COVID-19 cases or the cessation of enhanced un- unemployment insurance benefits at the end of this month. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me.
4: Good job, Rob. We're real thrilled with the partnership with the NBA. Check out the MBA.org and uh, be sure to check out all the videos there that they have. Great organization. We're thrilled to have the partnership. Thanks so much, Rob, for bringing that to us. Let's get over to Les Parker and hear this week's TM Spotlight and a macro view of the markets. Les, TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by PowerSeller. Making hedging
1: easy. You sent for me? Now this looks like a trade to be, so everybody just follows free, cause we need a little counter chop, Cause you can do it now without me. Range trading, zigzagging. What's up is down and down is up. All Jamie Dimon says is it's too murky. Banks spreads collapse, so they love the mortgage bank. Oops. But not the servicing value slack. Commercial rents falter. Oh, what about that? Is a panic a time to buy? Does a pandemic mean to hide? Investors continue to look for opportunities and ignore the noisy controversy. Because you can do it now and be free. <laughs> These views are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter.
4: <laughs> That's good. Always love what Gary ketcher and Les Parker dream up on that TM Spotlight. Check it out. Go subscribe to Les's daily newsletter. Check it out. It's free. It's nice. Good job. Matt Graham, good to have you here. I love your MBSLive.net service. Communication that's going on up on the screen is just priceless. Love it. Doing a good job. How's to going have you it? here. Good, good, Good to be here. Appreciate what you're doing. So anyway, mbslive.net, sign up for your free trial. And by putting Absolutely. in LOL, you double the time of that free trial. That's a lot right. of people saying they're loving it. They're, they've, they are they've signed up. We're thrilled to know Matt. What's the uh, markets telling us? What do we got on the calendar this week, Matt?
2: Well, I'm going to try to make it as interesting as I can, but markets are not <laughs> making that easy. And uh, We talked a little bit about this last week with things sort of settling into a sort of a sideways grind as we wait to see how this tug of war plays out between coronavirus and reopening the economy. So you must be doing good things down there in Texas. Numbers seem to be leveling off there. and We can point to several different hotbed states where the same thing is happening. We can point to other states, of course, like Florida, where things seem to be getting worse. And too many unknowns remain. I guess Jamie Dimon must have said something about things being murky. That is definitely the case, but there are still undercurrents that can provide cues for financial markets. We're seeing a normal amount of correlation between stock prices and bond yields, but we are seeing bonds willing to stay a little bit stronger relative to what stocks say they should be doing. And that's a good thing. And uh, for rates, obviously, and maybe a little bit of a surprising thing until we consider Fed was out in force last week with essentially every Fed speaker under the sun saying that (laughs) they will do whatever it takes. They'll buy what it takes. And you haven't seen anything yet with respect to how many bonds they can buy and how long they could buy them for just a massive amount of reassurance. And that's something that is going to help both stocks and bonds. And yep. I think it's, it's nothing short of impressive to see bond yields weathering the storm of issuance threats. And what I mean by that is we're talking more and more about the second fiscal stimulus package that will require new treasury issuance to pay for it. Well, let's put it this way, David. If we didn't have the fiscal stimulus package and didn't have the increased issuance implications from that, I think that 10-year yields would be closer to 0% right now. I don't know how much closer, but at least 20 to 30 bps lower, definitely at all-time lows, and that's including the big run lower in March. So issuance is a big deal. It'll continue to be a big deal, but the Fed is really offsetting that by saying, hey, don't worry about that issuance. We got your back. We're going to buy as much as we need to, so everybody can just keep participating in the bond market like normal, even MBS investors more and more are helping to close that gap between MBS mortgage rates and treasuries. And the only important thing to keep in mind there for the origination side of the audience is that that gap has allowed mortgage rates to outperform treasury yields. And that continued to be the case last week. And that will run out at a certain point. And we're getting closer and closer to that happening. But what I mean by that is whenever treasury yields do move higher in a more serious way, that could be in in a couple of days or weeks, or it could be in a couple of months or years, then mortgage rates will not be able to continue to defy that suggestion to move back higher. But to get on the beaten path, economic data, not a whole lot on tap this week. And even if there was, it's hard to make a case that it would be that significant, considering last week on Thursday, we had three big reports at 8.30 a.m. All of them came in stronger than expected. And yet somehow bond yields fell and MBS improved. So that's the world we're living in. Economic data isn't going to matter until it does again. You probably want to know when it will it matter again?
1: Yeah, when will it matter?
2: I think it's still going to depend on what coronavirus is doing. But the one really interesting thing that's coming up, the thing that's going to be a big talking point in the news and even around the virtual water cooler is next week's GDP report. That will be the first look we've gotten at Q2 GDP. So that's the the one that's projected to come in at you know more than 30% lower. And that will be interesting to see if there's a market reaction to that, or if traders are just taking it as red and saying, yeah, 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 we know that's going to be really bad. Let's just mm-hmm. move through it and see where we're going from here. But bottom line, headlines, coronavirus headlines, vaccine headlines. And it's not going to be the kind of thing that causes a big picture shift that, it is long lasting and has a ton of momentum behind it, but it will kind of put some spin on the ball day to day, minute to minute in the meantime. But other than that, we're just enjoying the all-time low mortgage rates. I think we are not at the bottom yet. I do believe there's more potential for lower, but I am an
4: optimist. And sometimes that gets me in trouble. It's a good time to lock
2: rate. <laughs> Absolutely. Good job.
4: Appreciate it, man. Love your service. Thank Check you. it out again. MBSLive.net. Put in LOL and get double the extended trial period. No credit cards required. Yeah. You do a great job. I love the service, and you're so responsive. Great service. Check it out. Appreciate you being here.
2: Thank you. Signing
4: up to join us each and every week, because I know how busy you are. Appreciate you, Ben. Hey, let's get over
0: to Alice. I know our guest have lots to talk about that we are all super interested in. Uh, So we look Mm -hmm. forward to hearing from Anthony and Gwen. So I was going to keep my bit pretty short to start with as far as legislative and just let folks know we really just have the main proposed rule pending for QM and the Truth in Lending Act uh, being able to look at how we may change those. So this is a request for comment. Uh, You still have plenty of time. This comment period doesn't expire until August, but please take a look at the MBA notes that they issued on June 22nd about the proposed changes, uh, it gives a great summary. And then you can listen to last week and the weeks before show to hear the briefings on that. So, But what I wanted to touch base on is lenders operationally really trying to balance how do you make things easy for an application to come in the door and handle interest rate locks in this volatile environment. Loan officers want to lock fast with minimal information. But of course, that's, like I said last week, the equivalent of putting an incomplete chassis on the assembly line and ending up with Mm -hmm. a loan that gets fixed a lot of times or changes circumstances. And so we are seeing a lot of discussion around this because I think it's a big thing in efficiency, managing interest rate locks. You just can't hedge your way out of it and fallout is death. Those are our mantras. I'd love to get some thoughts from the, the group.
1: The point here House is raising is about originators wanting to keep it simple and enter very minimal information in order to lock. And so the, the whole area around secondary marketing is risk management risk management is driven by avoiding uncertainty. So you have certainty stuff. The higher the degree of uncertainty, the higher the risk, which means higher margins and worse rates. So you don't want higher margins and worse rates, but to get that means you have to have information. Information is the antidote to uncertainty. So you can't increase uncertainty by locking early and then say, we'll we'll just hedge it. When the variables that provide the hedge to measure the fallout come from the data that wasn't provided, So you you can't fix it when you don't even have the information. So you can never avoid the uncertainty by having less information. This is not how the formula works. So the originators, if they want the best rates in town, just comply. Provide the best information, the most complete information. First time up front, you'll get the best rates and the best uh, margin and performance for the company. Everybody wins.
0: Thank you. Yeah, because there's technology providers out there that can make it easy. To lock alone, but as you said, we had one individual go. Well, couldn't you just hedge for the fallout? Well, like you said, then you'd have higher rates. Fallout is a killer.
2: All right, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's always sort of an us versus them mentality between sales and operations in in a lot of industries, and I think anything that we can do to try to get on the same page is great. And so I think sales managers should work with operations managers so they can get a dialogue going with their originators that creates some empathy for what operations has to go through and what secondary has to go through. You'd be surprised how many newer loan officers or even seasoned loan officers that don't have a lot of exposure to secondary think that it's just some big sort of uh, theft ring where secondary is just stealing money and uh, pinching pennies, setting it aside for a rainy day, and they don't really understand they're just trying to actually keep rates as low as they can be so that the originators can stay competitive versus other companies out there. So one of the big driving forces behind MBS Live in the early days was to sort of create transparency but at both sides so that secondary can understand more about what originators go through and vice versa. And the more everything's out on the table, I think the more we can focus on doing the important part of our jobs and less about worrying about if we're not able to offer rates for some nefarious reason, and nine times out of ten, it's not a nefarious reason. Well, I
0: think that was uh, just about trying to, the data and uh, the impact to rates. So thank you both. So back to you,
4: Dave. It, Maybe it segues is. in
0: as Andy said to the personality of the loan officer going forward.
4: All right, let's get over to Andy Shell, the Profit Doctor.
1: Good Andy. Andy. My pleasure. Well, this will be good. Yeah. So today, I'm going to keep it simple. The servicing webinar that Teresa and I teach starts on Wednesday and it runs for two weeks. So we know that in origination, we can make 40% returns. Like if you own a company and you own a mortgage company and you invest your capital into a mortgage company, you can generate 40, 50 returns. Now compare that to 10% in S&P or maybe 15%. So it's a tremendously high return. But in servicing, the servicing asset can generate 200% returns, super high returns in servicing. So in rich nation, they get 40% returns. We want to measure our risk. So we've got risks around the disclosure timing. We've got risks around their underwriting process. We've got performance risk. We've got financial risk with concessions. So you look over at servicing where we can get these massive returns. Well, there's virtually every position in servicing must be done exactly as designed in order to manage risk. Got to do servicing right. Like in origination, we might let the branch manager decide the processor workflow. That's that's common. In servicing, every task and every function must be carefully designed and precisely orchestrated. Mm-hmm. There is no wing it in servicing, which is part of the reason so why the CARES Act was really, really a problem because it, this worked highly orchestrated, sophisticated workflow. So that's how servicing is. You've got to understand all the dynamics and all the complexity because the way that I describe servicing, if someone asked me about it, is that I see mortgage loan servicing, it presents a series of repetitive tasks because we do things over and over, but they're highly dependent upon a complex workflow design. So that means how do we do every single task? And it has tremendous interdependency where every task relies upon other task members to do their job precisely and completely every single time, which is where training comes in. Training, coaching, keeping the orchestra performing perfectly. And when you do those things, then the ROI is phenomenal. But the risks include there's financial risk, there's regulatory risk, there's reputational risk, foreclosing on somebody you shouldn't have, not paying somebody's property tax. There's tons of risk. You can invest in servicing and have the investor pull it if you don't manage your investor accounting properly. So servicing can be wildly profitable, but there's big risks. You don't just do it. You do it right the first time. Huge difference in the management of a servicing operation than an origination operation. And we're going to talk about that this Wednesday and the following Wednesday. So go to mba.org forward slash education. Sign up. If you're a member of the MBA, it costs nothing. It's free. This webinar is free. If you're not a member of an <laughs> MBA, 300 bucks. Yeah. So come on and listen. One of the wow. huge servicers in the country has like 50 people signed up. They're using this as a way to train wow. their staff. That's wonderful.
4: It's a great way. Yeah, join the party. Yeah, I was a part of the CMB, as Andy well knows. I have finally got across the finish line of taking the prep course, and now we're getting ready to take the exam. And, and I, I got invited, Andy, to a virtual happy hour of all the CMBs and people that are just finishing up the class. And it was really fun to go through that. And I thought about you several times as we we're sitting there on a Zoom call, and it was fun. They were talking about the value of these webinars that the MBA puts on. There's just so much great educational material. So I love what you do, both on the accounting side and on the servicing side. Good job. Appreciate you, Dr. Shell. Yeah. Well, that wraps up our regular segment of the podcast. Next week, we've got Vince Parlev coming in from United Wholesale. Vince is just such a long-standing friend. I actually met him through Alice Alvey years ago. I love this guy. He just vibrates. What these guys do. To maintain service levels is a lesson for us all. He is one of the best in the industry. Appreciate you being here and telling others about this podcast. Be sure to come back next week. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, as well as the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, Indicom and Seller Ainsworth Advisors, as well as Mobility RE, Modex, and all the other sponsors. Check them out on our website. We appreciate you. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you.